Do you have something inspiring to say? Have you always known that your voice can contribute to the world? Is now the time? Yes, now is the time. The world is waiting for you. Welcome to the Inspired Choices Network Open Mic Spotlight Show. Today, we have an inspiring guest who is ready to share their voice with the world. Now, on to the show. Welcome, 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 everyone. I am so happy to have you here today on the Open Mic Spotlight Show where we spotlight an amazing person doing amazing things in the world. And today I have a fabulous guest, someone who I've been getting to know over the last year, who is fascinating. Every time I talk to this person, I'm so fascinated by what I learn, and I know you're going to be as well today. And my guest is none other than Dr. Ron Jayner. Welcome, Dr. Ron. Hi, how are we doing today? <laughs> well, I'm waking up. How about you? <laughs> is, is it morning yet? <laughs> is it morning? Hello, is this thing on? Is this thing on? <laughs> yes, it is. It is morning what year time. Is this again? <laughs> I okay. Stop asking me the hard questions. I'm supposed to be asking you the hard questions. There you go. Figured if I got you first, I'd be safe. Okay. All right. Fine. That's how we're going to play. Alrighty then. <laughs> so let me tell everybody about what I know so far about Dr. Ron. So Dr. Ron Jayner is a naturopathic physician. He is a radio show host here on the Inspired Choices Network. He's also an access consciousness facilitator. And today he is our unique speaker. We're going to be diving into all things about Dr. Ron and what he creates in the world, his ideas and messages and anything else that comes forward during the conversation. Now, Dr. Ron has been recognized as a National Board Certified Naturopathic Physician, having earned a dip diploma in uh, acupuncture and is currently a diplomat and serving on the faculty of American College of, I can't pronounce that word, addictionology? Just say addiction. Yeah, just say addiction. Addiction, <laughs> addiction and compulsive disorder. I could never have been a doctor. My mouth and brain do not connect on big words. <laughs> he has over 30 years of professional and personal experience in applying the universal principles of health and spirituality for mastering life challenges. He is not a licensed medical doctor, although you would never guess it, because this man has knowledge that I have never even heard come out of doctors' mouths. His consultations are not covered by insurance, and yet the investment will be amazing for your life. He gave me some advice, five minutes advice, that has changed things for me. I'm so incredibly grateful. Um, the man is fast, and when he starts talking, you hold on to your hats because he's going to go. <laughs> um, his perspectives on vitality, enhancement, and lifestyle wellness are intended solely for personal education, coaching, and training, and they're never intended to replace or contradict primary medical osteopathic or chiropractic medical treatment and advice. Of course not. You would never do that. I know that about you and your knowledge is so vast and wide, it's phenomenal. Yeah. So There's really two, two sides to medicine or life itself, you think about it. We live in a society where everything is about finding and fixing problems. And so even in medicine, the focus is on fighting disease. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not a right, wrong, good, bad. It's just part of it. And doctors love to be called healers. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, sign of respect, right? But the reality is, the, the big secret that we hope nobody finds out, is that we don't heal anything. 
You have to heal it yourself. Your body does the healing. You do the healing. And so when you there's two sides to that equation, if not many more, but the two biggies are the one the one is fighting a disease. If something's wrong, you got to fix it. Uh, or at least that's the idea that we work with in medicine and in society. Um, the other side of it is, is your body actually has to have the resources to respond to that. And that's mm-hmm. where we run into issues because up until about 100 years ago, most people lived in rural agrarian, you know, they were farmers and small villagers. Uh, the cities had a lot of people, but not the percentage of population we see now in urban areas. And so what happened was is the the lifestyle living on a farm actually provided many of the resources that we lack today in our personal lives. Uh, Yeah, there was a lot of hard physical work, but that's good for you. Exercise is good for you. People went to bed with the sun and got up with the sun, so they tended to get a lot more sleep and deep rest because of all that physical activity and because there was not a lot of... uh, stimulation at night. They didn't have all the bright lights and videos and media that we have. Uh, And the food, believe it or not, even though as I was growing up, we talked about uh, health food nuts, everybody over 100 years ago was eating organic food because that's all that there was. So one of the things a doctor could rely on is that if you just told your your patient, you know, you did some treatment and then said, um, you know, get lots of rest and fluids, the body could respond to that. And there were even whole systems of medicine like acupuncture and homeopathy, which relied on the fact that your core vitality, if you could just give a little trigger into the electrical systems of the body, that the body would wake up and it would follow through on it. Okay, But is that how we're living today? You know, In fact, I, I've got to tell you a cute little thing about Voltaire. He was a, fa- a famous uh, uh, French uh, thinker and philosopher. But he defined medicine this way. He said the function of a doctor is to keep the patient entertained while nature heals them. (laughs) So I'm kind of relying heavily on people. (laughs) I just saw you kind of like the the, the patient in front of you and your hand right in front of their face going around and around and around while your other hand is coming around actually doing the work. Yeah, Patch Adams was my hero. I mean, uh, when that movie came out years ago, my kids came home. They heard about it and saw it before I did. And they said, Dad, Dad, they made a movie about you. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I used to work in oncology wards uh, for many, many years. I was an associate staff in hospitals that did integrative medicine before anybody knew what that was. And uh, I was always wearing these big cartoon ties to work and, you know, because that's a big part of it. Rest and attitude, as we know now, is a huge part of medicine. So Mm -hmm. what's happened is there are two big things that have changed the landscape in medicine. Uh, First off, about 100 years ago, probably 80-85% of the population was dying of acute problems. In other words, by acute, you mean something, we're talking about acute trauma, like a broken leg or some other type of physical accident, and acute infections. And we had things like typhoid and cholera and really serious illnesses that were affecting huge amounts of the population. In fact, to such an extent that life expectancy overall was pretty low, but it wasn't because some people didn't live just as long as we do today. It was because so many children died before the age of three or four. Uh, In some populations, especially in cities, they were losing half the children 
because of early childhood disease. So if you survive to be five years old, <laughs> you actually, by that time, you were probably immune to everything, and you might live to be 70 or 80, actually, if you weren't caught by one of those traumatic accidents or whatever that we're talking about. So anyway, about 100 years ago, three things were discovered that dramatically changed the landscape of medicine. And because every uh, most people were dying of these acute situations, uh, and acute medically or neurophysiologically is defined as anything that's been going on in your body for less than three months. Okay, so two, three months, definitely three to six. Once you're three to six months, you're dealing with a whole different landscape. But things that come on and within a few weeks, you break your leg, you catch a bad infection, whatever. So they got three things that changed it. And the first one was, that was discovered was anesthesia. And now you could do much more uh, complex uh, operations efficiently with a lot less trauma, obviously, to the patient. I mean, prior to that, to anesthesia, you measured a, a surgeon not by how good he was as a surgeon or what, the way you measured how good he was as a surgeon was by how fast he could do an operation. And they would literally have stopwatches and time people uh, because the best doctor that was the one that could get in and out really fast because you didn't have anesthesia. You didn't have any way of controlling blood loss. And so you, that's all they had. But once you had anesthesia, that's all started to change. And that was huge. Uh, the development of antibiotics and certain things that would control infections, that was huge. And then the third one is the one that, again, and you're going to learn some things today about doctors and medicine that most of us are not real happy about you knowing. But uh, the third one is another one of those things. We actually, we actually got what doctors to wash their hands between patients. Yep. The combination of sanitary. Honestly, doctors okay, wait, would go. Wait, wait, wait. Working. Let that. Yeah. Let that. Let that land for just a second. Because you say it so quickly, it's like, wait a minute, what did he just say? Yeah. So what what year was it that people, doctors, started to wash their hands between patients? Uh, probably late 1800s. <laughs> I mean, we're talking so, about the turn of the 20th century, and there were still doctors who would go from, you know, well, probably by then it was more accepted. But here's how bad it was. The guy who actually realized how important this was and started telling the medical profession about it was ostracized, stripped of his, uh, his hospital privileges, and died in a mental institution because they thought he was crazy. Oh, well, let's just give a thank so you. So doctors would go from working on a putrid autopsy and go in and deliver a baby and not wash their hands in between. Oh, God. Oh, my God. That is just yeah. nasty. And then, of course, oh. it, it all is combined with uh, some amazing work, a lot of it done by women, by the way, who woke up to what was going on, but the change in public sanitation, because a lot of the typhoid, cholera, bubonic plague epidemics were all related to uncleanliness. And the fact that people were dumping their sewage into the streets or into the same water that they were pulling their drinking water out of. And so wow. once we got... Or, and especially in cities, which is where most of this was was where it was the worst. Uh, cities and battlegrounds where you had a lot of uh, contaminated water, and so once they started changing that, uh, then that you started seeing huge changes in the in the infant mortality, obviously, and in the ability to deal with infections. And interestingly, if you really carefully study the history of vaccines, 
a lot of the vaccine, what we were developing vaccines for, actually the epidemics were already on the wane because of these other other types of uh, like sanitary procedures and so forth. And um, so anyway, that's just a side point. But we had these three things, and there were others, but those were were kind of the biggies that made a huge difference. And then so and then at about the same time, the oil industry got into the pharmaceutical business. And we started developing patent medicines, and that was hugely profitable. And so we we ended up with a medical system dominated by acute care medicine. And if you look at TV, um, how many television shows or movies do you see about your friendly neighborhood herbalist or acupuncturist or massage therapist? Okay, what you see are ER, Grey's Anatomy. You see shows about crisis management because that's exciting. And we actually have a medical system that for over 100 years now has focused on crisis management. And it's something that everybody gets excited about, and we are all very appreciative. I know if I'm in a bad accident and I'm all beat up and and hemorrhaging internally, I want to be in a trauma center. I'm not going to go to my chiropractor, you see, because that's what we're good at in in Western conventional medicine. But what's happening now? Look around you. How many of your friends and family have died of cancer? or are fighting cancer right now? Mm-hmm. How many people mm-hmm. do you know that have had a premature heart attack or stroke? And right now, the biggie in the news, how many people do you know that are diabetic? Now, however many that number is, and it runs about one in four in the population, so you surely know somebody who's a diabetic, triple the number, and that's the number of pre-diabetics you know. We actually are looking at, uh, for example, they're estimating diabetes in the United States around 20, 30 million people right now. But they're estimating pre-diabetics somewhere between 90 and 120 million, which is a third of the population. We actually are projecting that in the next 10, 20 years, half the population. Diabetes is the number one um, uh, health issue in, um, for example, in Indian reservations, Native American uh, uh, reservations. They just in the news last week, uh, Mexico declared it to be their number one public issue, public health issue is diabetes. And wow. there, if there are actually, uh, they're actually referring to it as the modern bubonic plague. That many people are dying from it. So we've got Holy three my. things. We've got heart disease, cancer, diabetes. Officially, heart disease is about 50% uh, more in women uh, of, of deaths. Um, Cancer, immune deficiency illnesses, about a third. And then you have diabetes, which, interestingly, in my research, is a precursor to the other two. It's rare to find somebody who has heart disease or cancer. I honestly can't remember anybody, and I've worked with thousands of people because I specialize in chronic health issues and life issues. Um, But diabetes is there. It may not be there as a diagnosis, a clinical diagnosis, but if you look for it, they're all pre-diabetic or have, uh, you know, the the metabolic syndrome that leads to it. And then, right. so those those are the biggies in the in the United States. The research and treatment of those three illnesses accounts for over 1.7 trillion dollars of the U.S. economy. Wow. Okay. Matt? So on that note, before before you jump in, can this man talk? Does this man have a lot of knowledge or what? Like only okay, I didn't even get to ask. Have you given go an ahead. hour? I've given an hour's worth of information, right? Can I go home now? 
<laughs> no, you can't. Stay right there. And everybody else stay right there because this man has got so much more to share with us. So we're going to go for our first break. <sighs> I didn't think I was going to get in here. We're going to go for our first break <laughs> at the show. And when we get back, we are going to be talking more with, and I'm actually going to ask him some questions before he jumps into telling us so much information. This man is so, so educated and can can blow your mind in just a matter of minutes. But I am going to jump in and ask him some questions because we want to know a little bit more about Dr. Ron. So everybody, stay tuned. We'll be back right after this short commercial break. You are listening to the Open Mic Spotlight Show, and my guest is Dr. Ron Jainer. We'll be right back. Do you have something inspiring to say? Would you like a taste of being one of our inspired hosts? Get on the air on the Inspired Choices Network Open Mic Spotlight Show. The Open Mic Spotlight Show is your time to shine and inspire our global audience. Shows air at 9 a.m. on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday each week. Claim your spot today. Simply contact our network owner at info at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Forget the days of five minutes of fame. Now you can have 55 minutes of fame. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You are listening to the Open Mic Spotlight Show here on Inspired Choices Network. To call in and ask questions, call 815-880-8255 in the U.S. 613-800-8736 in Canada or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for joining Woo-hoo. us. If you've just tuned in, <laughs> I have the amazing Dr. Ron Jainer here. We're learning all about everything he knows. Well, not everything, but a lot of what he knows. He shared in the first break. It was phenomenal. Now, before you jump back in, I would like to ask you a couple of questions. Dr. Ron, where were you born and raised? (laughs) Oh, let's see. I was born in San Diego, California. I was raised all over the Southwest. Uh, My family was originally from South Dakota, and my dad was the superintendent on construction projects. And um, when I was ready to start high school, I was the oldest of uh, four boys. And I, start, I went, uh, was ready to start high school, and um, we moved back to South Dakota because my dad said he didn't want to raise four teenage boys in the city. And so he took us back to South Dakota, and that's where I uh, finished high school and went to college there and so forth. And right about the time... Um, I actually, uh, before I started college, I volunteered for a few years in a um, a Bible publishing house. And then about the time 
Uh, Let's see. My dad would have been about 40 years old. That would have been about 47 years ago. He was diagnosed with extensive metastasized bone cancer. Uh, And it was so bad by the time they figured out what was going on that the doctors just gave gave him a prescription for unlimited morphine, sent him home to die. We didn't have insurance. Uh, and, you know, he'd given up his good job with insurance and a pension so we could go back and live in a rural area. And um, basically, that uh, so they weren't going to let him die in the hospital. There was no money to pay for it. And my dad, uh, who had also been a lay minister, uh, you know, for uh, as well as supporting his family, he said, I don't want to die a drug addict. That's not going to happen. There's got to be another way to control this pain. Well, Remember, this is back in the early 70s. There's no internet. There's no health food industry. There, you know, people don't know about any of this. We did get referred to a um, uh, a friend who had a uh, who knew a chiropractor in Minneapolis. He was diagnosed in Minneapolis, and um, this doctor started. To, we just went to him for pain management. Is there anything else we can be doing uh, besides just taking drugs? And he actually was a chiropractor who had studied naturopathic medicine. So he talked about diet. He talked about, you know, certain supplements and stuff. But most importantly, it was interesting now to me that he talked about stress. He wouldn't let my dad watch violent or or television TV shows or the evening news even. And he told my mom and I that we would have to take care of all the issues in the family for a while because he couldn't handle anything. He had to be kept as peaceful as possible, and that would help him. Well, long story short, my dad did die. But that was last winter, almost exactly a year ago, in Santa Barbara, California. And long story short, we began a long odyssey of of finding other ways to manage his illness and over the cor- and we don't know what we know now but over the course of about 10 years of really hard work my dad recovered from his cancer now at the same time he was told that he had 3 to 6 weeks to live uh right about that same time i had to leave my volunteer work because i was getting really sick and nobody could figure out why and i was de- for a young a young person i was deteriorating pretty rapidly and um the doctors said we're not sure what's going on with you uh, but you're probably not going to last more than three or four more years. And so and you were we don't how know old what at it this is. point? I was like 19, 20. Wow. Yeah. They said, so you, you know, had you, and, and all you they finished say, high school at this point? Had you finished yeah, high school at this point? I finished high school and I was doing a couple years of missionary volunteer work uh, before I went to college. And um, what they had me doing, and here's the secret. So I'd ask the doctor. I'd say, do you think the chemicals that my dad and I work with could be causing our health problems? Oh, no. Few breaths of fresh air, that's all out of your system. My dad and I were industrial spray painters. Uh We worked with about a dozen, five-gallon buckets of about a dozen of the most volatile solvents imaginable, most of which are outlawed now, by the way. You see TV ads. For some of this stuff, like uh, kids who sniff paint solvent or whatever, and you know, there's examples of one or two times of doing it, and their brain is fried or they die of a stroke or whatever. We used to work in those kind of buckets at the end of the day, cleaning our equipment up to our elbows in five-gallon buckets of that solvent. And those dear doctors, bless their hearts, who told us that a few breaths of fresh air—that's all out of your system. To uh-huh. this day, 
I can get in a sauna or do a, um, a nutritional detox program and I start sweating, you can smell paint solvent mm. 45 years later. Wow. So that's what, that's what was doing it, but nobody knew back then. Right. And uh, so we, get, we were just trial and error, trying to do the best we could. And um, there you go. And, and another interesting clue came up a few years later. Uh, I actually was hospitalized uh, trying to do a special form of what's called chelation therapy, a DMSO chelation therapy, to try to help clean clean out my system a little bit. And the doctors there didn't know what, what was going on either. They were just trying to give me something that would help my health. Uh, DMSO, if you re- research it, there's literally over 100,000 medical papers. It's been around for over 100 years. It's not widely used in medicine because... Uh, there's no way to patent it. It's a natural substance, but it is used in medicine. But it has hundreds of beneficial uses. So in some um, alternative integrative medical centers, they'll actually give you IVs with it or use it as part of the therapy because it's a general tonic to the body's metabolism. So anyway, when I, was, I did a 30-day program, and what it what had happened was I went on a diet. I went on like an Atkins or uh, what we call now a ketogenic diet for 30 days. And I lost like 30 pounds in 30 days and nearly died. And again, nobody understood because that you lose weight that fast with that much poison stored in your body. And it's got to go somewhere, you know. Wow. And um, so when I got ready to leave, I went to the head of the clinic and I said, what do I do now? I said, I do feel a little better. But your doctors say they don't know what's wrong with me. They don't know what I'm supposed to do now. And she and she said, you know what, we really don't know. She said, all I can tell you is that I have had other young men and women here with your symptoms who have gotten a little better with our treatment, and we didn't know what was wrong with them. But all I can tell you, they were all either janitors, painters, or, co- or cosmetologists. Well, the, what's the <laughs> common denominator? They all work with right. cleaning salt of different types, you see. So anyway, that was part of it. And then the third part of the puzzle, a few years later, I was I made I became friends with someone at church who was a recovering drug addict. I mean, a really heavy addict. And I hadn't really told him about my background. We were just hanging out, and I did we did talk about our health issues, and I described what I was going through. And um he said, "You know what? Those are the symptoms of a druggie having flashbacks." And in particular, uh, what we call sniffers. And I said, what's a sniffer? You know, I'm a good little Christian boy. I didn't know. (laughs) And he said, those are the lowest of the low in the drug world because they can't afford real drugs. So they sniff paint and gasoline and solvents. And and it it fries their brain. They don't live very long. And then uh, the little bells went off in my head. And I said, well, that's what I used to work with. And in huge amounts of it, far more than any addict would ever use. And he says, wow, it's a miracle you're alive and coherent. He said, no, the, you know, obviously the companies that manufacture the stuff aren't going to talk about it. The government doesn't really care about those kind of people. And he says, but go down to the local drug rehab counselor, the county counselor, and he'll, he'll tell you about it. And I did. I went in the next day, and he had a drawer full of information about what solvents do to the human body. And it's one of the things that gets why I'm doing this program. And we all ask, why am I here? Well, we're here because uh-huh. we matter and we care. That's the fundamental mm-hmm. thing. In fact, that's, by the way, the number one lesson that a child, an infant is supposed to learn in the first year of their life. They matter, someone cares, and there's people there that are willing to help them out when they need something they can't do for themselves. And 
Unfortunately, not all of us have got that as really small children. But that's why we're here, because we matter, we care, and other people recognize that. So I've dedicated my life to working with people who, like my dad, had terminal conditions that nobody knew what to do with, uh, people that were dealing with issues, and this is the one that really gets me. We have answers to many health issues that we're not using in medicine, not because nobody no- nobody knows about them, but because they don't generate the type of big corporate profits that acute care medicine does. Um, and, and just one quick example besides what we're talking about here. Um, about 7 to 10% of diabetics, those diabetics we were talking about, every mm-hmm. year develop some type of an ulcer or a wound that won't heal. And what happens in those cases is they give you an antibiotic, they bandage it, they clean the wound up and bandage it, and they basically try to manage it that way until it gets so bad that they have to amputate. And they, we amputate a couple hundred thousand legs a year in the United States. We amputate feet or toes every 30 seconds. Somebody's getting a foot or a toe cut off. Oh I knew God. somebody just a, a few weeks ago that that happened to. Um, that process, and see, it's gradual. They start with the toe, then the foot, then it's up to the knee, then it's a leg. Um, takes several years, obviously, to work through all of that, and it'll generate $250,000, $350,000 to the medical system because you're talking about surgeries and rehab and prosthetics and hospitalizations. In fact, one one hospital administrator told me they clear a million dollars a quarter profit just on the bandages for that type of healing. Now, we've known for over 50 years and it's in the medical literature for the last over 30 years, that you can treat those wounds in another way, very simple, and even stage 4 gangrenous non-healing ulcers that are black and ready to be cut off can be closed and rehabilitated in less than two months. What? For a cost of maybe five to $10,000, the health of the person improves while you do this treatment, and it tends never to come back. But and and I'm and sorry. You know, I'm go- I'm completely gobsmacked right at the moment. Exactly. So it's and like I said, that's like this hot, one hospital administrator off the record. We would be bankrupt if we did your system. Where there was a nursing home system in a part of the United States where one of the nurses found out about this other protocol and um, institute got to convince the administration to buy a dozen of the the uh, the the uh, medical equipment, the a dozen units of what is the heart of the system. Uh, they used it for a couple of months, fired the nurse, and put the machines in a basement somewhere. Why? Because they were losing too much money off their their routine treatment of bed sores. <sighs> so that kind of stuff <sighs> really my brain. So oh my gosh. <laughs> it's a matter of education, because obviously if it's your mother or your sister that's going to have a leg cut off, you'd kind of like to know about this, right? And uh, yes. so and there's, I can go on and on with examples of this. So what I'm doing now, when I started out uh, 30 years ago with my dad, 40 years ago with my dad, and I've been uh, doing this professionally for a little over 30, we were focused on alternative complementary integrative medicine. In other words, we were trying to work with the basic physical factors 
of medicine to try to help people that had those illnesses. Now, there's only four reasons people get sick. There's toxicities. There, you get poisoned with something like I was and my dad. Um, you can have a deficiency, which is common now because of the way people eat and the, the processing of food. Um, and you can have physical trauma, like a concussion or severe sunburn, something like that. Uh, break your leg. In fact, interestingly, about 13 to 15 percent of cancer tumors, cancerous tumors, occur at the site of a previous injury. That's where they start. Uh, so about one out of ten, you know, one out of seven cancers start with physical trauma. Okay. So anyway, um, there's the, the fourth one is how you handle, how you cope and handle stress. And in acute care medicine, those three physical factors will fix almost everything. But what it won't fix is the chronic stuff. And uh, that's the part that I specialize in now. Right. Okay. We're going to take our second break. This is a lot of information that you've given us. And I'm a, I'm a little overloaded in my head right now. I can imagine our listeners are, you know, I've, I've spoken to you several times and you've given me lots of information. Um, not this particular last bit, but we're going to let some of this land. So when do we get to the beer part? <laughs> Start drinking, people. Start drinking now. <laughs> so if you are listening live, come play with, play with us in the chat room. Please call in and ask Dr. Ron a question. The lines are open, and this man is so vast with his knowledge. I'm telling you, you will, uh, you will get a big bang for your buck. I can tell you that for sure. If you would love to play with us in the chat room, you can ask a question there. Just come to the Inspired Choices Network, click on the menu bar where it says chat room, and come in and play. Um, if you are listening in the replay, I will have all of the connection points where you can find Dr. Ron online, connect with him. He's an amazing doctor who can absolutely contribute to you immediately. You don't have to go through days and hours of, um, you know, waiting and waiting and waiting. This man will have support for you very, very, very quickly, and he's a lot of fun to talk to and listen to. So um, do connect with Dr. Ron for sure. So everyone, please stay tuned. We'll be back right after this short commercial break where we'll learn more about Dr. Ron. Hold on. Do you have something inspiring to say? Would you like a taste of being one of our inspired hosts? Get on the air on the Inspired Choices Network Open Mic Spotlight Show. The Open Mic Spotlight Show is your time to shine and inspire our global audience. Shows air at 9 a.m. on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday each week. Claim your spot today. Simply contact our network owner at info at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Forget the days of five minutes of fame. Now you can have 55 minutes of fame. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com.
You are listening to the Open Mic Spotlight Show here on Inspired Choices Network. To call in and ask questions, call 815-880-8255 in the U.S., 613-800-8736 in Canada, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. I am laughing from the comments in the chat room. As usual, we everybody's a comedian. <laughs> so we are today talking with Dr. Ron Jayner, who is a naturopathic chiropractor and um, naturopathic. Sorry, I am like all over my brain. But I've done a lot of training with chiropractors and a lot of teaching of chiropractors. <laughs> and the, a lot of my best friends are chiropractors. <laughs> there you go. Naturopathic physician. Sorry, I apologize for that. Um, Dr. Ron, you have so much to share with us and you have so much knowledge. And it is so obvious that your passion to change people's health and show them that they have greater choices is it, it, it comes out every single time I talk to you. It is so apparent. Now, you have a radio show here on the Inspired Choices Network. Can you tell our listeners um, the name of that show and what the show is all about? It's called Grizzly Bears and Two-Year-Olds. And the reason I call it that is because we were just talking about the four reasons people get sick. And I'd like to explain right. one more thing about that, which is there's the physical factors, there's toxicity, deficiency, and physical trauma, and then there's the way you cope and process with, with your emotional stress. All right, in an acute care situation or in acute care medicine, which is anything that's been in your body for less than two to three months, right, the three physical factors will almost always fix it. All doctors, in one way or another, are primarily trained in those three physical factors in an acute care model. What we discovered, and this is relatively recent, and in medicine it's really recent because it's within the last 10, 15, 20 years, and that takes a while for stuff to filter through in the medical world. But what we've discovered is if you have a chronic issue, and it doesn't have to be medical. It can be a life issue, a relationship issue, a financial issue. But if anything has been running and affecting your nervous system for more than three months, especially three to six months, then you'll still have physical factors. They're all there. They may be getting worse as time goes by, but the healing response of the body is dependent on the fourth one. And if you're not responding to the acute care model, which by definition you're not, if you have a chronic condition, and remember, we don't even know you have diabetes, cancer, heart disease until it's been there for 10 to 20 years, all right? But anything that's been there that long, the reason it doesn't get better and often the reason you don't respond to the appropriate therapy is because that healing part we started the show with. Your body lacks the ability to respond to the therapy. Why? Not because it isn't there. That capacity is not there, but because the way you process your emotional stress shuts off the healing part of the body system and turns on your fight or flight run from grizzly bears. So everything about what shuts down the neurophysiology of the body under stress, I can explain with a story about a grizzly bear. I did my residency up in Montana, and so I made up bear stories to explain to people how stress was shutting off their ability to heal. And then, interestingly, most of this emotional coping response is memorized 
and encoded in our non-cognitive, what we used to call the subconscious neurology, for the most part before you're five or six years old. So you have to deal with the part of the neurology that was programmed when you were a two- or three-year-old. And most people, when you put them under stress and you kind of look at them, wow, they're acting like a two-year-old, <laughs> right? I mean, you know, if you do what I want, if you give me the cookie, I'll be your friend forever. But if I don't get that cookie, you're not going to be my friend anymore, and I'll never, ever, ever talk to you again. That's how people function, you know? And it's a sad story, but not because it isn't supposed to be that way. This is the way we're designed, because if we grow up in a really coherent, uh, nurturing family, that's going to carry us for the rest of our life. But understand that the vast majority of the Earth's population and we're talking 95 to 98% of us are going to die emotionally and socially who we were at four or five years old. Because that's how we're designed. There's even a verse in the Bible, one of the Proverbs, that says, train up a child the way they'll go, and they'll never depart from it. It's a physiological fact. That's how we're designed. But what did we all learn, especially in today's world? What are most of the children prior to the age of five learning? Do their parents have the tools to handle life uh, situations rationally? What did you see going on around you when you were a small child? That's what you're going to be doing the rest of your life. And it's a highly specialized form of training. There's no quote-unquote treatment for it because you've almost got to be reparented for it to change. So when I began my career... I focused on physical factors, just like any other doctor. We were actually developing. I was one of the people that worked with other doc, creative doctors to develop multiple modality individualized therapy, which is what we were doing to try to bridge the acute care model to the chronic care model. But eventually, we just had to change it. And now we understand why we were so having people that you do the absolutely best therapy on, and they don't get better. Or they get better, and they relapse. Okay, Or they get better and they still die just as if they still had their disease running. And it all has to do with this model of grizzly bears and two-year-olds. So if you listen to those shows, I'm beginning to show people what the strategies are, not to tell them that what they're doing with their doctor is wrong. Often it's absolutely correct. But if their body has programmed subconsciously running that won't let it get well, that's what I focus on now. So in, the, in, in this stage of my career, I'm focusing on being a trainer, an educator, and a coach. And ironically, coaching is probably one of the most valuable parts of medicine now. Even though a lot of coaches think that being a coach is like being a doctor without a license, that's not really true. Legitimate coaching is about facilitating clarity so people can ask better questions, see more possibilities for themselves, and then empower themselves to actually act on those new choices. That's coaching. And Grizzly Bears and Two-Year-Olds is all about explaining the mechanics of that and beginning to give people tools so they can be coached, and I can train coaches in these methodologies so they can be coached to change their own life. Nine out of ten doctor's visits today. Our people are at the doctor's office for only one of two reasons, when you really look at what's going on. And this is for all the things we go to the doctor for. There's only two things that causes it. Lifestyle choices and how we're dealing with our stress. 
And they're really the same thing because the lifestyle choices are based on stress, which brings me to the last part, which is, remember we said heart disease, cancer, and diabetes? Yeah. $1.7 trillion kills almost everybody. There's another illness that destroys more lives and causes more death than all of those combined. And that's addiction. Because what are the lifestyle choices that we're using to deal with our stress? And if we really look at it, we may not all be drug addicts. But remember, of the five major classes of addiction, only one of the five has to do with outside chemicals. The others are all compulsive behaviors. That's why the college I teach with is the College of Addiction and Compulsive Behavior Disorder, because we all have ways of dealing with stress. And if those ways, especially the ones we learned before the age of five, don't serve us in the long run, they will affect our body just like being a heroin addict. And so that's what I do now is I teach people. And for those that are interested, we've got the radio show. I'm also going to be – I'm almost always – I'm starting one next week. I do a telecall series, and it always has both sides. It will be a telecall series for, series for how to deal with the stress of chronic illness and chronic life issues. And it will also mm-hmm. include components to train coaches in how to work with these things. So I do right. them together because you learn to be a good coach, right, by, by being coached. And by right. interacting with other people, it's a practicum. So that's what I so, do. That's me. So people can find Dr. Ron on his website, Dr. Ron Jainer. That's J A H N E R dot com. And when you go there, you'll see um, you'll see both radio show, Clarity Coaching, and um, you can choose either of those to connect with him. And you'll see his upcoming teleseries. Um, all about teaching you the tools. It's going to be an amazing series, Dr. Ron. I mean, you know, just in this quote-unquote casual conversation you and I are having, you've just educated millions of people around the world. Like, holy <laughs> No applause, just throw cash, people. <laughs> We're taking money today, just throw money. <laughs> the Ron James yeah. Memorial Fund. <laughs> Oh, wait okay, a minute. Memorial. We don't want to do it that wait, way. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not waiting until you're gone, brother. Um, you have you are such a gift in the world, Dr. Ron, and you have, you know, for someone that has educated themselves so much, you could go some very arrogant ways in the world um, to, quote, unquote, earn money. And the fact of the matter is, is that's not what you're choosing because you yeah. know the difference that you can make in the world and you're not giving up. You you've done so many miraculous things that keeping people alive and helping people to thrive and change what's going on in their bodies. It's phenomenal the the hope that you've given people and and I'm sure families out there are incredibly grateful for their loved ones not actually dying and suffering because of yeah. your commitment to, to really change what's, what's not working in the world. That's true. You're right. And what I saw about 10, 15 years ago, uh, the first 20 years of my career, I specialized in working with people that were in that situation. Terminal, they've been told they had a few weeks or a few months to live, and we just wouldn't take no for an answer, and we created a way to keep them going. And uh, and to recover, to live longer, to live better, to have more quality time with their families. 
And that was that was where we were at then, and there's nothing wrong with that, absolutely. But now we have a lot – that information is available. We have we, – I, I was involved in training doctors, others of my colleagues, and multiple modality in, uh, uh, individualized medicine, what we call now integrative healthcare, is available. And you can find it, uh, and, it and people can get that, that type of medicine. What's not well known – in fact, I'm probably one of only a handful of people in the world who teaches this and who who understands and can convey it. Is the is the is the how to prevent it? Because what I saw is I could only work with so many critical care patients in a year. But if I could educate, but we now know that it takes 10, 20, 30 years to get to that point. But our medical system, because it's focused on crisis management, and this is both natural and and uh, uh, conventional. Because we're all, all doctors are trained with the same type of curriculum. We just have different co- protocols at the end. So what we're dealing with is we don't have a real good understanding of how to prevent it, what's actually causing it. What's the motivating engine that drives those three physical factors in a chronic, chronic condition that doesn't allow the body to heal until you're almost ready to die? You, you understand in heart disease, the presenting symptom for most people for heart disease is a heart attack. And we talk about prevention, but the reality is that we wait until someone has a heart attack and then we know for sure they've got a heart problem. Now, here's the sad part. That first heart attack, about 45% of men, 55% of women, so right around half of them, are fatal. So what we're doing in modern medicine is we're waiting to see if you survive the first heart attack lottery and understand, half the population dies of cardiovascular disease. We wait to see if you survive the first heart attack and stroke, and then we begin to aggressively treat it. So where I'm we're focusing is, where, first of all, what are the factors that would identify these problems before? And in my classes, I teach there's seven key indicators that your body's already progressing into a chronic disease. Well, why wait until you have the first heart attack and then start working on those seven things? That's crazy. But of all the seven, the one that's the most important is, is your emotional attitude, how you handle stressful situations. And that's what Grizzly Bears and Two-Year-Olds is about. That's what my classes are about. Because it's a, it isn't a medical therapy process to change that. It's a coaching process. Why? Because it has to do with lifestyle choices and how you learn to handle stress before you were five years old. Now, I don't know about you guys, but when somebody tells you that you're not allowed to have that second hot fudge Sunday, how do you react? <laughs> or even if you tell yourself, I shouldn't be eating this as you're gobbling it down. That uh-huh. part of your body that we're talking about, that part of the nervous system doesn't listen to words. You have to make different choices and empower yourself to motivate yourself to to make different choices and different actions to follow through. And that requires an experiential coaching process. And so that's what I'm dedicated to teaching people because that understanding isn't there even in the coaching world. Most coaches don't know that this is their real function because it's not being taught. So hopefully this show and the Grizzly Bears and two-year-olds and the telecalls and all the other things we can do together will allow people to get this information because it is literally life-saving. Wow. It, it is life-saving. I mean, 
I I love listening to your shows, and I absolutely I just hang on the edge of what's he going to tell me now, and. You know, as crazy, when you told me this title, when we first started talking, I kind of went, okay, this guy's a little off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that doesn't change that part. (laughs) (laughs) The general consensus is that that's an accurate assessment. (laughs) Okay, okay, good. All right, so I'm not losing my brain. (laughs) My defense, if you look at what we consider to be normal in the world around us, and we don't have okay. to look too far. I'm kind of happy not to be normal. <laughs> yeah. okay. Well, I didn't get it. And and one of the biggest reasons I didn't get it was because of exactly what you're saying is this information is not readily available. We have been indoctrined into, quote unquote, this is the way it is. And we've shut off the you know, the thinkers who think outside the friggin' box. And you, my brother, you think out way outside the box. <laughs> and i like, Dr. Ron, where are you? <laughs> outside the box. And I am eternally grateful because you have brought so many things to light. I know all of us here on the network, the producers, all of us and the listeners are so grateful for what you create and what you bring to the table. It's, it's, it's a big it's a big hour of a lot of information, and the telecall series is going to be jam-packed as well. I know that because it's who you be. It's not, you know, some people, quote-unquote, perform. It's who you be. You just, <laughs> like, I, did you guys notice that I barely got any questions in in this hour show? Like, barely? <laughs> we'll have to do this again. <laughs> And you mute, you mute my mic while everybody asks questions. That's right. <laughs> There's a well, way around this. <laughs> there is a way around it. We have 30 seconds left in the show, and I just want to say immense gratitude for you, Dr. Ron. And please, people, reach out to him. Come play with him. You and your body and your family and their bodies will be so, so grateful. Thank you so much for having me. And remember, people, it's never too late to have a happy childhood. That is awesome. I think that should be your next teleseries. It's never too late to have a happy childhood. Yeah. Okay, everybody, stay tuned for (laughs) our next amazing show coming up. Thank you, Dr. Ron. Everybody, come on back to these great shows in the future. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Open Mic Spotlight Radio Show. We will be here Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, continue to create you with joy and inspiration.